Are you looking for some real estate deals that you could offer to your clients? Or some tips, advice, and tricks that could help you amp up your real estate investing skills? Subscribe now in Real Estate IQ. Real Estate IQ will provide you all the tools you need to find and evaluate real estate deals. Visit us at www.realestateiq.co to learn more. Real Estate IQ, the number one in deal finding. So this event is brought to you by Real Estate IQ, the number one in deal finding, providing you with more than 45,000 leads every month. And since we are expanding, we are expecting more numbers from those leads in the future. So for those of you who are not yet aware of how our system, uh, how, how our system works, or um, what type of services we have, I'll be playing a very quick video from one of our clients just to give you an idea of how they experience our services. So let me play the video for you. Hey guys, I'm here with Adam at Redneck Country Club at the Jet Lending event. And Adam has been using our system for a while. Adam, could you share with us your experience with our tool? Yeah, so um, I love the tool. It was re it's really been very useful for me as uh, as a new investor. Um, I don't have access to the MLS, so running comps was something that was a problem. Um, now that I have that the tool, I can run comps. It allowed me to secure my first deal, um, and I'm going to market with it and look to um, because of the comps that I was able to run and get it for the right price. I was able to secure a deal that's probably going to profit me somewhere north of fifty thousand dollars. Oh, fantastic! And by the way. We uh, can also help you market your deal to Adam. Uh, thank you so much. And guys, our deal analysis suite is only $15 a month, and it's unlimited comps all over Texas. So make sure you take advantage of this special right now. Thank you, guys. If you want to learn how to analyze... There you have it from one of our clients with Real Estate IQ. And also, if you're interested to have a free 45-minute one-on-one deal finding training with Real Estate IQ, all you have to do is answer that poll that popped up on your screen right now so that our account managers can sign you up or can, can give you a call um, whenever you're free. And this training includes, um, you know, even a step-by-step -step process on how to use our system. So this is very beneficial for new Real Estate IQ in, um, subscribers or you're not yet a subscriber, but you wanted to know more about our services. You can always sign up for this free 45-minute one-on-one deal finding training. And we also have deal finding training webinars with Becky Crominga and Rodney Rush. So all you have to do is go to realestateiq.co slash events so you can register for our upcoming deal finding trainings with Becky and Rodney. So also I would like to welcome um, Israel. Thank you so much for your message in the chat box to Sunandan Mitra. Curtis, uh, she's from um, his, he or she's from DFW. And Israel just gave us his contact details. And let me just repost um, Sanandan's message. It was sent to um, all panelists. So there, there's her contact details. So for those of you who wanted to connect with them, make sure to um, save their contact details so you can do some networking and connect to them in the future. So now, uh, let me introduce our speaker for today. Just like what I told you, I've, I've hosted um, Chris's webinar before, months ago. And welcome back, Chris. So let me give the floor now to you, Chris. All right, thanks, thanks. Uh, let me do the screen share. We're gonna get rolling on this. Yep. Uh, let's see, you got this here, screen share. Boom, y'all should see that, right? Yeah, looks good on my end. It's nice to be back, looks Chris. Good. All right, all right. Okay, so, well, thanks for having me back. Um, I, I enjoyed it last time. Decided, hey, let's, let's do this thing again. <laughs> um, so what we're going to be talking about tonight is something that's near and dear to my heart because uh, I love passive income. I love uh, building wealth. Uh, and consequently, I love rental properties and real estate because it helps me do that. And we're going to be talking about uh, how to build a million dollar rental portfolio. And I'm going to show you how you can do it in three years. It's what I believe that this is like the ultimate guide to building wealth and building passive income in real estate. 
Um, and it's a strategy that we are, we've been using for a while. We're currently using, and we're going to be using in the future. And you're probably thinking million dollars, three years, like there's no way it's impossible. And it, uh, if it was possible, it probably takes a lot of money or a lot of knowledge that you don't have. And I guarantee you, by the time you're done, you're going to realize that it's, it's really not that complicated. It's just a process. And it's a system that if you follow it, it will happen. And I, what, what I really want is to make sure that, that even though we're going through, well, I'm going to show you the strategy, um, but I, I want you to just take this as guidance. You don't have to do exactly what, we're, uh, what, what I'm outlining here, but take this guidance in your own plan. So let's get started. About me, my name is Chris Bounds. I got started in real estate back in 2004 where I did my first deal and I dug this picture up a, a little little over a week ago. Here it is. First picture right there. Uh, that, that's in San Antonio, Texas. I'm, I'm sporting out the very, very long cargo shorts. I'm like 21, 22 years old. Um, so at this time, I'm a college student, senior at Texas A&M, and I'm, I'm driving to San Antonio to knock on doors for pre-foreclosures. This is the very first deal I got. It took three months of door knocking and I finally, uh, but finally got my first deal. So um, uh, fashion style aside, uh, this is actually a really, really good uh, event for me. And after that, I graduated, moved to Houston and I had a great life. I got a good sales job, but the, the problem, or I had a good life. Uh, let me rephrase that, I had a good life. Uh, it was a sales job, uh, inside sales, and the thing that gets in the way of a great life is a good life. And I had a good life, but got married in 2011. And at this point, I'm starting to think about the future, retirement and kids and college fund and all that kind of stuff. Um, so my wife and I started buying rental properties. And, and there's a longer story to that. It's much, uh, it's a lot funnier when my wife tells it. Uh, but anyway, we start buying rental properties. 2014, I get licensed. I still have a full-time job, but the very next year doing the strategy that I'm going to show you, I was able to go full-time in real estate and haven't looked back since. Uh, in 2018, a friend of mine, a very successful real estate investor and entrepreneur, his company was uh, one of the, it was named like top 5,000 fastest growing companies in the United States on Inc. Magazine. And um, he showed me XP Realty. He was like, hey, look, you can actually build wealth and passive income with your real estate license. And uh, so I knew if it like caught his attention as busy as he it is, is, it was worth a, a few minutes of my time. And I checked that out and um, it very much coincided with exactly what we were doing and our goals with real estate, build wealth, build passive income. Um, and now I was able to do that with my license. It was no brainer. 2019 started Balance Realty Group to uh, mentor uh, agents and uh, provide leads and also help us work a lot of the retail leads that we come up with through our business. And then in 2020, started uh, Invested Agents. And this is a mastermind program for specifically for real estate agents to teach them how to invest in real estate so they can increase their income, build wealth, and create the lifestyle that they deserve. So they don't have to, like using strategies like what we're going to talk about tonight, they don't have to work for 20 or 30 years doing open houses and all this stuff if they don't want to. Uh, all in all, flipped over 180 houses using 17 million in private lender financing to fund those projects. And uh, if you're a private lender out there, reach out. We're happy to talk about how maybe we can put your money to work. Um, if uh, I, I got a tiny, tiny favor. So if you get any value out of this at all, all I ask is just uh, send me a thousand dollars. I'm just kidding. Um, subscribe uh, and, and like follow us on follow us on social media. Now we've got um, you can find us on Invested Agents all over social media, uh, but specifically Facebook and YouTube. We're very active on that. We're putting out tons and tons of great content. It's all free. Just go on Facebook and then um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'll put the links in the chat. And um, I got our website down there too, if you want to look into a little bit more about what we do. But I've got a special gift um, and you, you have to have liked our page and subscribed to our channel to get it. And uh, at, the, at the end, I'm all, I'm all share that with you. So uh, look forward to connecting with you on social media. Here's my why. You gotta have why in this business. 
Uh, this is mine. Two little kids, uh, seven-year-old and four years. That's Nathan and Ellie. And then my beautiful wife, Jamie, who uh, she's uh, my right-hand partner on this whole real estate venture. Um, and we, we have fun doing it. But they're the reason why I get up at 4.30 in the morning 4.30 in the morning, I'm not, I'm, I didn't stutter, um, pretty much every morning during the week to do what I do. And I have fun doing it. They're the reason. Um, so you have to know your why because real estate, it's, it's really a simple business, but there are all, with any type of business, there's always gonna be challenges. There's always gonna be hiccups. There's always gonna be problems that come up and it's your why that's going to push you through those. It's your why that's going to push you through like the crazy tenant who just like, uh, you're like, what, what is going on with this person? They're, they're going to push you through those frustrations. Um, so knowing your why is super important. And, and you really have to know that because you can only push yourself so far. You can only push yourself so far. But if you have a why that's so compelling, it pulls you at that point, it's no longer work. It's, it, it's fun because the why is big enough. And for a lot of, a lot of us, why it, it revolves in some way around retirement. I mean, it, the why may not, it should not necessarily be a specific monetary thing, but it, that's part of the equation, or at least what the money can bring, and that's financial freedom. Um, and going into retirement, because this is a kind of a big part of what the what, what I'm going to show you today is retirement goal a million dollars. That's still like the magic number um, that, that a lot of the financial gurus talk about. Is like you got to have a million dollars. You got to have a million dollars to um, enter nest egg to retire, and then you take an annual distribution, four percent, forty thousand dollars a year and you can retire. Uh, I don't know about you, but me personally, I want to have a lifestyle when I retire much better than what $40,000 is going to buy. That's just what I want. And ultimately, this type of uh, retirement plan uh, revolves around you being able to uh, or or dying basically before your money runs out. Um, It's not really a financial strategy I want to to follow. But if you play this game and, and iron it out, if you make $100,000 a year and after taxes, you're left with 77,000, then you've got living expenses, 48,000. Um, at, at the end of the day, you've got 29 grand or at the end of the year, you got $29,000. Assuming you don't spend any of that, you're not like upgrading your lifestyle or really like enjoying life, um, going out to eat, going on vacations and, and stuff like that. You got $29,000 a, a year to play with. And if you save 100% of that, it's going to take you 37 or, or 34 over 34 years to hit your retirement goal. Um, and of course, that, 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 that assumes that the money you put in didn't appreciate over time. But um, 34 years of working really hard. And I'm a huge advocate of working hard, but I like working smart uh, as well. So what we're going to talk about is condensing that time period and I'm gonna show you how you can do it in three years. Now keep in mind, three years is not the magic number. Um, I'm just gonna show you how that's possible and how really simple it is. But for you, whether it's three, whether it's five, whether it's 10, even 15, depending on where you are in life, it's a much condensed version of what you're otherwise looking at, what the alternative is out there. Um, Full disclosures, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a CPA. I'm not an accountant. I'm not an attorney. I am a real estate professional. I'm a real estate agent. I'm a real estate investor. So everything that I'm I'm showing you is stuff that we're doing or uh, we're doing, have done, and we know that works. And um, to reiterate, I'm not necessarily saying that you have to do it this way. I just want to give you guidance and give you an, a strategy idea, and you can take this and run it by your own um, your own professionals, your own CPA and attorney and whatnot to uh, use this strategy and kind of filter it through your goals and your unique situation and come up with your own plan uh, plan of action. And then the most important part is the action because you have to do it. And that's really where uh, where the getting to three years, I'm gonna show you, if you do it, it's not that hard. So, all right, <clears throat> we're gonna lay down some foundation here. 
And um, after, after I do that, I'm going to go fast because I want to get to the strategy. This is normally a, a much longer presentation, um, so I'm going to move fast. So the cash flow, this is a very basic definition. Most of you already know what this is, um, but it's basically the net amount of cash moving in and out of a business, income minus expenses, that's your cash flow. It's what's left over. It's what we're really all about. And then wealth. Traditionally, wealth is defined as assets minus liabilities. That's your wealth or also called your net worth. But I like to define wealth as time. Um, and this was a concept introduced to me by uh, Robert Kiyosaki in the book Rich Dad Poor Dad as wealth as time. Because at the end of the day, um, I'll, I'll draw two examples. If you've got a million dollars, are you wealthy? Well, I don't know. Uh, if it took you 40 years to save for that million dollars, like, are you wealthy or is the person that did it in one year or three years? Like, who, who's wealthier? Um, but more importantly than that, if you have money, but your expenses exceed your incoming cash flow, then your wealth is dwindling. Like every single month, your wealth goes down and down and down to eventually it goes to zero. Now, a lot of the retirement gurus, they're like, well, if it like if you die before that happens, then great, you you beat the game. Um, but what we're we're going to talk about is how your wealth can go up every month, go up every month. So if that happens, then ultimately you're you're financially free. You're financially free. Your wealth goes up every month, and you have the retirement. Um, so it, your your wealth is infinity um, as far as time is concerned. So uh, that's the definition I want to focus on. Uh, there's a whole bunch of ways you can make money in real estate. Um, and, and if you're going to be a long, long uh, term player in real estate, you're probably going to be doing most of these strategies, um, but th they all have their advantages and disadvantages. Uh, a lender, of course, is the most passive way you can be involved in real estate because you're really not doing much of the dirty work. It's just signing papers and uh, I guess a little due diligence uh, on the front end. That's it. You get cash flow, but you don't really get a lot of other benefits. Wholesaler, about, it's pretty much the same thing, uh, with the exception of um, you know it is more active income or it's very active income, and um, this the cash flow is only achieved if you have a consistent deal flow. Flipper, uh, the, the flipper does get a, a little bit more advantage because they're they're buying equity. That's the big thing with the flipper. They're buying equity maybe they could take advantage of some appreciation, but typically they're, they're in and out of it. So they don't. Um, but they, they, they do have the advantage of taking advantage of, uh, they can take advantage of leverage and that's using other people's money to get into properties um, like the private lender. But the landlord is, you see, it has, uh, it has the advantages across the board. You're getting equities. You're buying these properties at a discount. You're getting cash flow. You do get appreciation benefits. You do get tax benefits. Tremendous tax benefits, especially if you have uh, a good W two job. And then leverage. You're you're able to use other people's money to do this. So the landlord by far just dominates all these from a both a income and a wealth building play. And that's my favorite is being, being a landlord. We've, we've made all of our, our, our best deals have always been our landlord deals. And I'm going to show you some of those in a case study. All right. So here, here's the strategy. Um, actually, here's not the strategy. Here, here's the method and then I'm going to get into the strategy. So the, the Burr strategy, and I'm going to go fast here. Um, because we work with our agents and our mastermind team and the details of each of these elements, because there's a lot of little elements here. And then we're actually going to go into the strategy of how you implement it to get to a million dollar real portfolio in three years. Um, so the first strategy, um, you may be familiar with it. I have a little twist on it. I call it the slow flip strategy um, because it adds acceleration to the wealth building components of the birth strategy. So um, a quick rundown of the birth strategy is you buy, you gotta go out, you gotta buy property. Uh, hopefully you're buying them at a really good discount. Then you rehab them because you're buying them at a discount. They most likely need a, uh, a lot of work or they need at least some work because that's why that's why you got them a discount. Otherwise they probably would have listed it with a realtor. Uh, then you rent it out. So you bought it. You refinance or rehabbed it, then you rented it out. Now you've got someone in there paying, uh, paying your rent every month. 
Then you refinance because um, you usually bought it using short term, like a private lender, hard money. So now you refinance out into a long term note, which has a lower interest rate and should. Uh, this is all factored into your cash flow. And then you repeat. That's the first strategy. Buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. But the extra element I have in this is sell. And you're probably wondering, hey, if we're trying to build a rental portfolio, why would we sell? And the, the reason is it, it accelerates your returns. And I'm going to show you exactly how it does that. Because um, uh, you don't have to sell. It's just there are things that by selling and redeploying the funds, you can actually accelerate the returns. So a couple case studies, 2730 Mesquite. This one is near and dear to my heart because not only was the very first deal that my wife and I did together, it was the deal that ultimately allowed us to go full time. And uh, it, it was a lot of fun. This is what it looked like before when we bought it. Um, the, the picture does not say uh, and, and describe in any form or fashion the smell this house had. Like that's blue carpet in the background on the bottom picture. Um, and in that blue carpet are stains uh, from urine, from their animals that have probably been there for as long as blue carpet was popular. When, when was that popular? Uh, it, it was bad. It was so bad actually that Jamie had to leave the house as we were negotiating the deal and go back to the truck um, as I locked it up. So we ended up uh, buying the house, rehabbing it. And uh, we did a rent ready, a rental grade rehab. So we didn't put all the bells and whistles. We just put in what was necessary to get the comps that we wanted for our rent and rent it out for three years. And uh, at this point, the appreciation was, was high in this area. Taxes and insurance was growing faster than rent rates. So it was eaten into our cash flow. That's what happens whenever homes appreciate. Um, so we decided to sell it. Um, had to go back in and, and do another remodel to get it ready for, um, to, to get the most out of the property, to, to match the comps. And we did, and it worked out great. This is a little picture of the transition this home went from the top is when we bought it. The middle one is uh, when we had it ready for lease. And then the very bottom is the professional photography when we got ready to sell. So here's a rundown of the numbers of this property. We bought this for about 85,000. Repairs spent about 65,000 between the two rehabs, the, the first rental grade and then the final um, you know, when we're getting ready for the market. Uh, over the three-year period, we got $14,000 in cash flow, and we ended up selling it for $237,000, leaving us with a gross profit of over $100,000. And of course, there's realtor commissions and closing costs and all that in there, and so it's gross profit. But um, I, I, well, I am a licensed agent at this time, so I was able to sell it myself. Um, but a big takeaway take point here is if we would have flipped this property, we would have made about twenty to 30000 so when we were doing the math and the flip, and we're like, hey, uh, we already had good jobs. We didn't necessarily need the money. Um, but it was like, hey, why don't we just rent it out? Because um, we actually bought it to flip. And they're like, hey, why don't we just rent it out and uh, like get cash flow? And by doing that, our returns went up three to four times what they would have been. And we got the tax benefit of it being a long-term rental or capital gain. Uh, another case study. Uh, 5806 Hoover. Um, this is the house when we bought it. This house didn't need a lot of work. I think it was a, it was like a HUD foreclosure, probably from another investor that, I don't know, I, I guess it just ran out of money. Because uh, when, when we did the rehab, uh, we basically didn't do anything other than uh, replace the roof and uh, we cleaned it up. And I think a broken window is about it. The, the top you can see the flooring, it's, it's shiny. It was a um, kind of like an epoxy coating on the concrete, like you would see in, a, in an ice garage. And um, which is, that can be unique for certain areas. For this area, it definitely is not, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's not normal. The tenant ended up putting carpet in there, which we were fine with it because he paid for it. Um, anyway, we rehabbed it, rented it out, refinanced it, and then, Three years later, similar story to the other one. Appreciation was great, uh, which caused taxes and insurance to go up, AOA cash flow. So we sold it and we did a, a full remodel on the cell, made it look like the comps. 
here's the numbers, 80,000 uh, when we bought it, spent about $36,000 in repairs, uh, almost 13 grand in cash flow over the time period, sold it for 224,000 with a gross profit of almost 120,000 uh, minus closing costs and commissions. Um, so again, this one, had we flipped it, we would have made about 30 grand or so, but we didn't, we, we held it and got like four times the return just by holding it. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna show you one other case study. So those are, those other two case studies, I know they can be, you'd probably call those grand slams uh, or at least home run deals. And they definitely were nice, but uh, this one is probably more like a base hit. 835 Forest Bark, bought it. Uh, this house didn't need a lot of work. It, it, there, we did replace the carpet in the living area with laminate. I think we did a new paint job probably replaced a couple of fixtures, but that was about it. Um, once we uh, rehabbed it, we rented it out, refinanced it, got ready to sell. As you can tell from those pictures, there's really no difference. That um, when the tenant left, um, she left it in like immaculate condition. And uh, this is what the numbers look like. 103,000 purchase price, repairs 15,000 something. Cash flow, 5,700 bucks. So they actually broke their lease, I think midway through their second lease, uh, second year, because uh, her job. And um, we just made a deal with her and said, hey, look, you know, like if you let us try to sell it while you're there and you clean it up nice, like, um, you know, we'll work something out. So um, she did, she left that place. Like it, it was like, she never lived there and um, sold it for 157,000, made almost $44,000 gross profit. This is a deal that if we would have flipped, we would have made maybe 10 or 15,000. So by, again, by holding it, we were able to make three to four times the returns and do that also with better tax benefits. Um, so, in each of these deals, whenever we sold it, we didn't just sell it and take the money and go out on a big vacation. We took the money and we redeployed it back in the business and um, we actually bought more properties with it. So that's the action plan I'm gonna go over for you, go over with you. It's an action plan of showing you exactly what you can do and how you can grow a million dollar rental portfolio. Um, and then you can just plug the timeline and how aggressive you wanna be with it but uh, at the end, I'll show you how you can do it in three years. Air, we have to have some static numbers to do this. And I, I, I know all these numbers can be wildly different depending on the time that you're doing it and the area and how much money you're doing down and all this kind of stuff. But just to keep things simple, we're gonna go with $150,000 ARV and $112,000, 500 loan. So that's assuming you're getting a 75% loan to value. You're renting it out at uh, 1500 bucks a month. PITI at that point would be about 112, or um, 1,112. I think I based that off like six something percent too, uh, which you can definitely get better rates in that. Now, reserves, 10%, 150 bucks. You have to reserve for vacancy and repairs. And then cash flow, leaving you with $238 a month in cash flow. Not life-changing, but we're going to go with these numbers and kind of extrapolate this out over time and see how it plays out. So here's the strategy. Buy one house a year for 10 years. And what does that look like? And if, if there's anybody that thinks they can't buy one rental property a year, then you're, you probably wouldn't have come to this event uh, or you wouldn't be listening to me now because it, it's so incredibly easy. One rental property a year and you just do that consistently for 10 years. So this is what that looks like. First year, you got $238 of cash flow, your equity, $37,500. Um, good, good start, but not life-changing. Year two, doubles. Um, again, not bad, but also not life-changing. Year three, Four, year five. Now, now you're 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 five years into this plan, and you got eleven hundred bucks a month in cash flow. Now, that's not life changing, but that's pretty good. Uh, eleven hundred dollars a month, an extra twelve grand a year, or a little bit more than that. Um, that that starts to give you a lot of flexibility with things um, uh, and and comfort, at least knowing that that money is coming in. Um, plus, having the equity of one hundred eighty-seven thousand isn't bad either. <laughs> year six. Seven, eight, nine, 
and 10. All right, we are 10 years into this plan. And now we have bought 10 properties, one property a year, leaving you with a cash flow of $2,380 a month, $375,000 in equity. So um, it's actually better than this. So $2,300 a month, that's it. That's really good now. Uh, that, that's pretty good passive income. Um, it, it pays for a lot of things. And the equity is absolutely a good start to the retirement. But it, the story is actually better than what this looks like from these static numbers, because you're actually a millionaire already. You're actually a millionaire because you have the equity that we just talked about. But what this does not take into account is appreciation and debt pay down. During the 10 year time period, appreciation and debt pay down will have increased your equity. But once you pay off, actually, once your tenants pay off the properties, you're a millionaire. You have an, if the properties don't go up in value at all, if there's a zero appreciation, then you now have a rental portfolio of $1.5 million. You are a millionaire. You just have to let the tenants pay them off. So, but that's just a static burst strategy. I want to go over what I was talking about before, the slow flip strategy. It's like uh, putting gasoline on this little fire that you started, um, the way to accelerate your turns. So the slow flip strategy and it incorporates the sell aspect, which is really a recycling of equity. You're taking equity and you're going out to buy multiple assets. You're, re you're recycling it to uh, duplicate it and it just allows for exponential returns. So this is how this strategy will work. You'll do the first, you have one house a year, and uh, you'll do that just like we, we, we talked about before. But on year six, you're going to take one of your weakest properties or your headache properties, or maybe it's a property that's just not cash flowing as much anymore because it's gone up in value and you're going to sell it. And on year six, you're going to sell it and you're going to use the equity to buy another one. But you're actually going to buy more than one because you have more equity now. You're going to buy two. So you're going to buy one to replace it and you're going to buy one additional. So in year six, you're going to sell one, the weakest link, and uh, replace it, but also buy one additional. And you're also going to do that in year seven. You'll do that in year eight, nine, and 10. So for, you know, for all 10 years, you're going, to buy, uh, you're going to buy one property a year. You have your 10. From years six through 10, you're going to sell one of your properties. So you'll have sold five. But you're, of those, you're going to take that equity and you're going to end up buying two more, leaving you with a total of 15 properties. So now you have 15 properties. Now you've got a cash flow of over $3,500 a month. This is serious cash flow now with a half a million dollars in uh, equity, assuming no debt pay down or appreciation. And once the tenants pay off the loans, now your rental portfolio is now 2.25 million. Like that's, that's good. And you're only buying two properties a year. Um, at least you're starting, or yeah, no, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, this is just one property a year and you're doing the slow flip strategy. The next one is what, what if you buy two a year? I'm getting ahead of myself, I get excited. All right, so if you were to buy two properties a year, so for your first 10 years, now you've bought a total of 20, but on year six, you, instead of selling one, now you sell two, and then you use the equity to buy, uh, replace those two, but buy two additional. Um, so you bought 20 through the first 10 years, but you're six, seven, eight, nine, 10. You sold two each of those years. So you've sold a total of 10 and you've doubled them. And so now you have a total of 30 properties with a cash flow of seven, a uh, little over $7,000 a month. Now this is life-changing passive income here. Life-changing passive income, seven grand a month. Um, you can do a lot with that. Um, giving you an equity with no appreciation and no debt pay down factored in over uh, 1.1 million. But once your tenants pay off these properties, if they don't go up in value at all, then your rental portfolio is worth 4.5 million. Um, you can have a pretty nice retirement of 4.5 million. Let's crank it up one more notch. Uh, just because I like to uh, get aggressive with things. If you were to buy three properties a year, same thing, except for in year six, we're going to sell three, the three weakest links, and then we're going to buy three more. So we got uh, 30 on the first 10 year, uh, the, the 30 in the first, for the first 10 years. And then we're going to sell fifth and we're going to sell three on year six. 
And then uh, from year six through 10, we'll sell three each of those years. And then we'll use those three to buy three additional ones. We'll replace them and then buy three new ones. So now we have 45 properties, leaving you with a cash flow of 10,000, over $10,000 and uh, equity with no debt uh, pay down or no appreciation at 1.6 million. But when your tenants pay them out, uh, pay them down, no appreciation factored in, over $6.7 million in retirement. Um, not bad, right? <laughs> not, not bad. Now you're probably thinking like, Hey, I, I don't want to buy three a year or maybe I can't, or that's, that's just too much. Um, that's fine. You don't have to do that. Uh, I just want to show you how it can cascade by using the slow flip strategy. If you just want to buy one a year, keep it simple. Don't ever sell anything. You can still, uh, retire a millionaire because back to the key point, if you want to be a mil uh, have a million dollar retirement in three years, a, a real portfolio uh, in three years, it actually only takes about six properties, about six properties. And, and we're using the assumption of that, that I laid down in the very beginning. If it was worth 150000 each property, about six properties in, you just got to pay them off. Let your tenants pay them off. Now, it doesn't mean in three years, you're, you're an instant millionaire, you're going to be able to sell it and you've got this uh, million dollars in equity, but you control the asset. And that's the important part. It's like a ticking time bomb. When you buy it, it's just a little ticking like equity time bomb. Every year you get more and more equity. But after the, whatever the rent term you get, like if you get a 15 year loan, 20 year loan or 30 year loan, once that's done, it's like a ticking time bomb where like, boom, now you have this explosion of equity. You just, you have to be consistent at it. So in, in, in basically with six properties, you'd have about $900,000 in equity after they're paid off. But we all know appreciation is going to happen. Um, I mean, it's not, may not, may not happen every year. There are obviously going to be down years, but for the most part, at least in the Houston area, two to 3% is, is uh, very common. And um, in, in sub markets, it's, it's much higher than that. Maybe even 5%. And you're going to have appreciation. So in a little is about six properties. And if you're investing in some higher end, maybe your ARV is 175 or 100 or 200,000, then it may take less. If you're, uh, if you're buying junkers way out, way out in the boonies for, uh, you know, 75,000 where they're only worth like 120 may take a little bit more, but I just want to want to plant the seed in your mind that to get a million dollar rental portfolio, doesn't mean you have to have hundred properties. Uh, you can buy a few, and just let the tenants pay them down. And then just let that equity stay in your portfolio. Let the tenants pay them down. It's like a little ticking time bomb. It's, it's amazing when you put that on paper. Uh, but there are, there are some important things to think about here. You have to buy like a flipper. And, and I don't necessarily mean that as, buy as cheap as a flipper. Because as a landlord, you're not trying to make your money today. Um, so if I was going to buy a, a, a house and I was going to flip it, I have to buy it cheap enough to make sure that all expenses and contingencies and parameters and margin and all that is all factored in because I need to make my money today. And if I screw up or if something was wrong uh, or big surprises happen, I, I lose money or maybe don't make anything. Um, so you don't have to buy necessarily as cheap as a flipper, but you do need to buy knowing your numbers, knowing what you're buying it for, what the rehab is going to cost, what the, um, your, your refinance strategy is and your numbers there, what the rental um, uh, numbers will be, what your cash will be. But it's all fairly easy to do. I'd say the hardest part of that equation really is the, the, the construction side. And you can actually get really good at that too if you use qualified team members. But there always could be surprises. But for the most part, Knowing rental comps, it's fairly um, it's fairly available, and you can generally get pretty spot on with the rental comps. And also having your financing, financing is important here because it does require the ability to be uh, to have long term financing. Now you don't have to be like grade A credit long term financing. There are a lot of rental product uh, land, investor products for landlords that um, they do come at an added expense in the sense that they are a little bit higher interest rate than if you went like conventional, but um, you can actually get them with some, some of these products have no DTI. 
and they're very investor friendly. They'll let you buy them in an LLC. Um, local banks are great at this, but you, you need to have this in place before you start buying because you, you don't want to buy a rental property, get a tenant in there, and then realize you can't refinance out. That's not a, a good position to be in. Um, accounting, accounting is super important. If, if you're not a certified uh, like bookkeeper or CPA, don't do your own books. Um, and even still, you probably shouldn't do your own books. Like let a second set of eyes look at that. It's not that expensive to have a bookkeeper take care of your books and then having a professional real estate expert uh, CPA or um, a, a, a tax professional do your, do your accounting and your taxes because they're going to be able to save you so much more money than if you try to do it yourself. And you have to escrow. You've got to escrow for contingencies. That means vacancy and repairs. There will always be vacancy. Even if in our first couple um, case studies, there were no vacancy during their lease, but there was vacancy when we wanted to sell because we had to get them out and we had to do a make ready and begin on the market and wait for it to sell. Meanwhile, the mortgage company still expected their mortgage payment. So we had the funds in an escrow account for that. Um, but of course, if the tenant does uh, skip or if you have a trouble renting it out again, you wanna make sure you have those funds and the repairs always happen. If you own these properties long enough, which that's part of this plan, right? If you own them long enough, then you're going to have to replace a roof, a water heater. Um, uh, you're going to have crazy stuff happen and you just need the funds. Like you might be able to absorb one, maybe even two incidents, but say a, an event happens and you've got five that happen or, or seven, like do you, do you really want to be scrounging around to absorb that escrow and maybe put that in a different bank account than your main bank account so you don't see it. Um, and then lastly, reinvest, reinvest, reinvest. That's a big part of the strategy. So when you're selling the properties, it is tempting. Hey, like, let me go out and buy like this nice car or, or um, buy this huge house um, for yourself. But do and do take, take a little off the top and treat yourself because life is, um, life is short. You, you got to have fun with it. But keep in mind, this whole strategy of, of investing and growing, it, it, it uh, revolves around reinvesting your principal and your profits. If you don't, if you keep consuming it, it's hard to grow. So the way we've always made it fun is when we sell like a big property, like the first one, when we sold it, uh, we didn't go on this big vacation. We didn't buy a new car or anything like that. We didn't get a bigger house, but we did buy a cappuccino machine or it's like a little mini Starbucks. It was $1,500 machine. It's a very expensive machine, but um, everything else went back in the company. And then I don't know what we did in the second one, probably something or maybe we went to a, like a really fancy dinner that we don't normally go to. So treat yourself, make it fun, um, but re keep reinvesting. And uh, if you do that, it'll grow quickly. So hopefully I showed you um, some good concepts and plant some good seeds to on, on how you can implement a rental portfolio strategy and build in a portfolio and condense the timeline that it would take to have a million dollar retirement. Because it doesn't have to take 30 something years, you can actually control those assets and still do whatever else you're doing in your other retirement plans. But you can do this control, condense the timeline and accelerate it using this whole flip strategy. And um, if you want to know how to raise private money, which if you're out there, if you're buying deals and you wanna really, you're serious about this and you want to um, uh, really grow a real estate business and a portfolio and you wanna buy lots of rentals, then learning how to raise private money is crucial. It's crucial because it allows you the flexibility to uh, just move on properties quickly with a lot, um, and, and you don't have to, like hard money companies are great. And if you've never done a deal, you should use them first. Um, you'll pay a little bit more, but their guidance is just tremendous. But being able to use cheaper private lender financing, that's ultimately where you wanna be. And uh, there's actually a lot of them that, that want long-term and they're okay um, having long-term. So then you don't have to go through all the red tape going with a conventional bank. But uh, so a, a business partner of mine, uh, Brant Phillips wrote this book called Private Lender Playbook. And it's written actually to educate private lenders how to uh, work with investors and how to loan money to investors. But I like to give this um, you know, and he's given me permission to do this. Um, I like to extend this out to other investors who want to know how to raise private lenders. 
because this basically gives you the insight and it's like getting inside the head of a private lender. So you're going to know when reading this, you're going to know what they, what they're thinking, what they want, what their expectations are in terms and the deal and the borrower and all the red flags that they're looking for. You're going to know that in advance and it's going to help you um, build the relationship from the, well, with them from the very, very beginning and that way you can uh, work together and kind of both basically go your retirement together because they're looking to loan their money and all they want is their money back and a little bit uh, extra in interest. And all you want is to use their money and leverage it to buy assets. So by working together, you can actually burn, build um, your retirements together and be great business partners over time. So where can you get that? So I had this in a free ebook, e, e-book uh, um, uh, format. And so I don't, don't think you're going to find it anywhere else except for Amazon, uh, which you can pay for it there. Or it may be on Audible too. You can pay for it. Uh, absolutely. Go buy it if you want. Hard copy is great. But if you want to get it for free, then I'm going to ask you again. Uh, if you got any value whatsoever, even without the ebook, Hopefully you've liked our page at Invested Agents and you've um, uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel. If not, like, please, I'll uh, put the comments, uh, the links again. But on our Facebook page, you're going to see a little message at the top. It's going to say send message. Now, hopefully you've already clicked the like button. If not, click it. Um, but you're going to see that little send message. And when, when you do that, and it may actually just pop up automatically, you should see a message display. And if you don't see some automated questions pop up, there's a little thing on the bottom right. There's three lines. You can click on that. And there's a thing that says, I'd like a free copy of uh, the Secrets to Raising Private Money free ebook. So click on that and it'll send you to the website to where you can request it. I'll get it emailed out to you immediately. And that way you can uh, start soaking it up. Just be a sponge. Take all the advice um, you can out of it. Because the guy who wrote the book, he's raised like 40 million. Like I raised 17. I think that's impressive. He's raised well over 40 million in private lending financing to do his deal. So uh, it's it's a tremendous asset for you. So that's uh, that's the main presentation. I don't know if we got any questions in the queue or someone want to read those out. Um, I, I see one here. Um, so someone's holding $1.8 million in real estate. Awesome. Israel. Awesome. Um, not sure if that's current equity or just controlled assets, but either way, that is amazing. Why is cash flow increasing so much, Victoria? So you, you're, you're probably referring to the escalation once I went from a static, just one a year to the slow flip. And the reason why it increases, it doesn't just double by adding two and doing three a year is because we didn't just do static at that point. We accelerated the returns by recycling, starting in year six, doing year six through seven, selling some and not just buying another one to replace it, but buying additional ones, doubling them. So that's how the cash flow increases so quickly. And uh, one thing I forgot to mention actually was if you pay these things off, uh, your cash flow goes up too because you don't have principal and interest. So your, your cash flow would actually go up uh, probably another 25%. It's not gonna be huge. I mean, you still have taxes, you still have insurance. And um, at that point, you you probably have um, uh, property management too. So, oh, okay. So Curtis mentioned, uh, asked a question, property management. So me personally, yes and no. We've self-managed almost all of our uh, properties. Um, I like to keep it in-house because I, I know what I want, I know what I expect, and I can control it. Um, there is a duplex. It, it's more unique, so I just let a property manager do that. There are great property managers out there, and they're flat fee. Um, property care is one that uh, we, you know, they manage our uh, duplex, and they also sponsor our, uh, an event that I host uh, monthly, along with Real Estate IQ. Um, they they're great flat fee. There are others out there you can check um, and do talk with a few. Uh, Property care is great. And he's an investor himself. And um, he uh, ultimately treats it like his own. But yeah, if you're going to use a property manager, um, I, I do think it's important to you got to manage them. You got to make sure that they know what they're doing and they're actually doing it. Um, and the good thing is you don't have to worry about all the headaches that come with property management uh, or landlording. You just get the tax, uh, the cash flow benefits 
Um, the uh, advantage to doing it on your own is you do get that hand, the hands-on experience of what to do, which gives you greater knowledge and understanding if you're going to later outsource to a property manager. The downside to self-managing is if you've got a job or especially if it's something, any type of other activity or full-time thing going on um, that prevents you from quick action when, when things come up, it's probably not the best idea. Maybe you could do one um, if you have some flexibility with, with your job, um, but it, it may not be the best idea. Uh, but if you're very flexible and you've got the knowledge and expertise, uh, it, it can be done very well. We, we went years with no issues whatsoever. And then we've got a couple of headaches right now that just crazy tenants, but um, yeah, that, that's my thoughts on property management. Um, not definitely not going to do it on my own for, for forever, but uh, we, we do it right now. Um, oh, and another downside to doing it on yourself, doing it on your own is the added liability. Like there, there are certain things that have to be done and like from, from a maintenance standpoint to a make ready, like making sure like it has the right, um, smoke alarms in the right rooms and all the other stuff with, with the property code. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks Israel. I don't know if, uh, if anyone does any, we just do questions from live chat or if we do it, uh, open, open voice. And what other questions we got? I love rental properties because uh, like someone said that taking time bomb uh, a while back on, um, and that just really resonated with me. And, and the set said, it doesn't actually does not take a lot. Most people just don't realize how easy it is to build a, build a nice portfolio. And you don't have to go out and buy 30 properties. Um, it, it only takes a few. So you could buy one every other year for 10 years and, and do it well. Um, Pablo, do you put all properties under the same corporation? Um, yes and no. Um, I mean, we have a couple of different LLCs. They had different purposes. Some of our flips have turned into rentals because um, maybe we didn't get the price we were hoping for, or they just didn't sell as quickly as we wanted to. to so we just rented them out. Uh, that has changed it up. Uh, in general, our, our main strategy was, uh, yeah, it was basically all in the same LLC. I know there are, I'm not an attorney, this is not legal advice, but most people who are pitching the whole idea of like, you need to have uh, an, an LLC for every single property, like from an operational standpoint and an accounting standpoint, like that's not, probably not the best advice. Uh, from a legal standpoint, I don't know, maybe it has benefit, maybe it doesn't, but you gotta think like, what, what is your, like, what, what is your goal there? Like when you, when you, when you think of what like Blackstone and, and uh, these other big groups are, are they out there with hundred thousand LLCs? Like, no, like they have LLCs and I'm sure they group them. Um, now if you're getting an apartment complex, then that's probably one LLC. Um, but if you're just getting single family rental properties, like, I don't know if you're going to group them, maybe group them like five or 10, I yeah, that's my thoughts there. Do we have any trainings? Yeah, we, we do a lot of training like this um, uh, with at Invested Agents. If you go to the web, uh, connect with us on Facebook and, and on YouTube, tons of great content on YouTube. Uh, so subscribe there. And uh, we do live trainings with COVID. We've been doing a lot of virtual trainings. And then uh, we do a monthly event that Real Estate IQ is a sponsor of. We just did one talking about financial freedom and wealth and how some friends of ours um uh, yeah, financially free in such short time. So yeah, we do a lot of that. So connect with us on our, on our website. Let's see any other questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. I, um, I think we didn't have any other questions, but for everyone who has, um, you know, if you're still thinking about your questions or anything that you wanted to ask Chris before we end the webinar, um, this is the perfect time for you to, um, post your questions in the chat box or Q&A box. So while I'm giving this information about Real Estate IQ, we, um, Chris can read your questions and, you know, he can answer it before we end the webinar. So again, this event is brought to you by Real Estate IQ, the number one in deal finding. And we guarantee that you will always find a deal with Real Estate IQ. And we would appreciate your feedback with, uh, with our services, with our events. So 
after this webinar, there's a, there's a very quick survey from Real Estate IQ. So um, once you close the window or once we end the webinar, you'll automatically be routed to um, to a uh, to a website. So in that website, you just have to answer our questions. Any suggestions will be a very very big help for our team. So please do answer that, and we guarantee that we will. Uh, make way for your suggestions so that we can improve our webinars. And if you have questions about our services or about Real Estate IQ, make sure to save the contact details of our customer service, which my partner Kyle will be posting in the chat box right now. And our team guarantees a two-hour response from our customer service team. And we also have freebies for this webinar. So all you have to do is answer this next poll that's gonna pop up on your screen right now. So we would like to know if which freebies are you interested at and we may, we may add this to our, um, to our raffle as your price for the week. And if in any case that you missed the free 45 minute one-on-one -on -one deal finding poll, you can just type in the chat box demo please. So Kyle and I can take note of your names and your contact details um, from from your registration so that we can be assured that you can be registered for this one-on-one -on -one deal finding training. And also we invite you to join our community portal at community.realestateiq.co so that you can join a bunch of groups. So you can do some networking, connect, connect with other investors in these groups so that you, know, you can grow your business faster if, or if you're newbies, you can even ask for tips for the members of our community. And also for our future events, make sure to go to realestateiq.co slash events so you can register uh, early as of now because if I'm not mistaken, our December events are also up in the website right now. So if, you're, uh, if you wanted to reserve your spot, you can do it right away. Just go to, the, to that link and my partner Kyle has just posted that in the chat box. So you can just copy and paste that to your computers. And now we have a question. I have seen a question here from, um, from our chat box and a follow-up from Victoria. How would the strategy work with multifamily properties, Chris? Yeah, I think uh, with multifamily property, that's, um, I'm, I'm not, a, I, we, we, did, we have bought a multifamily before, we bought a 29 unit a long time ago. Um, and, but so I, I'm not a multifamily investor, but I, I, I get the, the basics of the strategy. You generally don't buy multifamily to hold it 30 years. It's just not the strategy. Um, you buy it with an intent to bring it up to like three, five, seven years. And at that point you have an exit. And, and the whole point is you're maximizing the appreciation, the forced appreciation to get it from point A to point B either through repairs and rent stabilization and filling up the occupancy. And once you stabilize it for a little while, at that point, you either refinance and then sell it later on, or you just sell it. So that's uh, this whole strategy is probably uh, exactly what uh, commercial and um, multifamily investors use. Cause I just smaller multifamily, maybe those are more long-term forever kind of things, but in general, it's, you capture that maximum uh, appreciation and that maximum internal rate of return. At that point, um, you're looking to your investors or they're looking for their money back. Um, I saw another question in there on uh, a car note or having assets paid for them. It's funny. We, we were actually just uh, wrestling with that because um, my wife needed a new car. I'm like, hey, it's paid off. Like, what do we do? And um uh, we, we have all this stock we've accumulated with EXP and it's like, well, do we sell it? Cause we haven't sold any and it's gone up in value, but I don't, I don't want to. I'm like, man, if I sell it, like, I don't want to go spend it on a car. Like, uh, I'd rather just buy another rental property and then let the rental property pay for the car note. Um, we, we ended up not selling the stock and still buying the car. And, um, you know, at some point, I think when, when we sell it, we'll just buy multiple rental properties with, with the stock. Uh, but yeah, interest rates, I don't know. That's all on your risk tolerance. Being debt-free has its virtues. Um, you can sleep well at night, but um, at the end of the day, if you can make 15, 20, 25% return on a rental property and your car note only has like a three, four, maybe 5% interest rate, then uh, like, yeah, it makes more sense. Just go ahead and take the cheap money. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. And 
Uh, Victoria just wanted to clarify that she's pertaining to two to four unit properties regarding her question okay. a while ago. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all the same thing. You just play with the numbers. All, all, all this is, is you're taking a property and you're cash flowing it for a period of time. And then it's just over time you recycle one. Um, and then it's going to be because it's a headache. Uh, it's just not the best uh, rental or it's gone up in value so much. It just doesn't cash flow as much anymore. So that, that's really the whole strategy. Um, so yeah, you, you could do it with anything. Um, we have a duplex. Now the, the things with um, some of those multifamilies are that you're generally selling to other investors because they're, they're not usually a single family person that wants to live in them. They're going to buy them, but yeah, I mean, you can do it with anything. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. And um, I cannot see any more questions from our Q&A box or the chat box. So for those of you who wanted to make a like last minute question, you can do it right now. Or if in any case, by tomorrow or the following days, you thought of a question to, uh, to Chris, his contact details are on the screen right now. And we'll be posting that in the chat box um, right now, let me just um, copy that one for you. Uh-huh. Okay, here we go. So I'll just copy Chris's contact details to the chat box so that um, you can contact Chris anytime that you remember a question. Let's say, you know, you're just too shy to ask this through our webinar. So right now you can just copy and paste those details to your computers in case you remember anything to ask to Chris. And also... I reposted the links to Chris's um, Facebook and YouTube pages. Make sure to follow and subscribe because I already did. <laughs> I just saw that the, um, Chris has videos which you can learn as well, aside from this webinar. So you can visit his pages anytime in case that you wanted to learn more about um, real estate investing with Chris. So right now, I cannot see any more questions. So if, any, if anything pops up, um, by tomorrow or the following days, make sure to let Chris know. Or it, if it's regarding real estate IQ services, make sure to send us an email or contact our customer service so we can assist you further. So for those of you who have asked questions and attended our webinars today, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate your attendance today. And Chris, it's nice meeting you again. Thank you so much for your time and we've learned a lot from you. Uh, you too, you too. Thank you. I uh, look forward to it again. Yeah. So Chris, any um, like last tips, words of advice before we end the webinar today? Take action. Like it all starts with one. It starts with one. And then just after that, buy another one. Definitely. Definitely. So everyone, just make sure to go to realestateiq.co slash events so that you can be updated of our future webinars and we will be posting Chris's webinar with us in the future in that website as well. So make sure to just visit that every day for you to be updated. So everyone, thank you so much again for your time. Chris, thank you so much. Everyone, take care. Bye for now. Stay Thanks, safe. Good night. Good night. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.